even when we started to brainstorm the, the fact that we would probably end this series with the wedding, I was like, Alexis has to wear a wedding dress to her brother's wedding because no one's wearing a wedding dress to the wedding, so why couldn't she wear a white dress? And just the principle of David saying, like, it's not your day. <laughs> why are you wearing a white dress? And her just denying the fact that it was a wedding gown. And it almost doesn't even occur to her. No. You know? Well, there's a huge tulle bow on the end, and it did come with a headdress. That she, she calls it a headdress. A headdress. Not a veil. Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to EW On Set. I'm Shana Naomi Crockmall. And I'm Patrick Gomez. This is Entertainment Weekly's exclusive companion podcast to the sixth and final season of Schitt's Creek. Uh, we have been here every week with recaps and exclusive onset interviews with the cast, and uh, we are now here with the final, 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 final episode final, of, final. Uh, of this experience. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm emotionally ready for to... this to be over. <laughs> I'm already getting emotional. Yeah, we watched this last night along with all of you. We watched the documentary after. We're going to talk about both. Obviously, there are spoilers here for the entire series. Six fourteen was written by Dan Levy, directed by Dan Levy and Andrew Savadino, and you are going to hear from everyone. Dan Levy, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, Annie Murphy, Noah Reed, Emily Hampshire, Sarah Levy. It's a lot, guys. It's a lot, but we are just trying to extend this as long as possible. Like, <laughs> if this podcast could just, like, be the next six hours, we would do it just so you could live in this world. I know that's what I would rather be doing uh, with my life right now. You were all very kind last week. Our podcast was, like, over an hour. It was twice as long as the show no one complained. Everyone, in fact, said do more, which was a terrible thing to tell us because now we're, <laughs> we're going to do more. We certainly were in our feels last week. I feel like we've uh, actually it was something that Shana and I spoke about when we started uh, working on this podcast um, was we were like, we want to get out of the way and just get to the um, get to the uh, interviews and letting you guys hear directly from um, the stars and creators of this show. Uh, but last week we were definitely in our fields. We're definitely going to be in our fields this week. So, uh, thank you for indulging us, uh, in, in being in those, um, because there's a lot to, uh, unpack. I feel like last week we got a lot of closure in terms of where people were going to go. And this episode was about, uh, kind of just saying that final goodbye. Oh God, it's, I don't even want to say that out loud. Um, but it's the day of the wedding. <laughs> Um, it's wedding day, y'all. It's wedding day, which, uh, Finally. you know, um, Shane and I, you and I are both fortunate enough to have gone through our own wedding days um, and came, come out the other side. I can't remember if we've talked about this, but when, like, when Patrick and I went to Toronto and we had been on set all day for a really long shoot across, you know, multiple locations and we came back and we had to get dinner and we were starving and we sat down and we, you know, we knew each other. We had worked together for... I mean, you know, the better part of a year by that point. And, but we hadn't spent a lot of time together. We literally sat there and told each other the story of our wedding day, like both of us. And it was like, I think we were both just so emotionally moved by watching 613 be filmed that it was like, okay, tell me everything about how you met your spouse and how you got together and how you got engaged and how you got married and what it was. And it, I'll just always really remember like sitting in that booth, exchanging those stories, because I think we were trying to make sense of 
how intense and how big this storyline was that we were watching come together and that we knew we were going to get to tell the story of. Um, and I've been thinking about that a lot because we're both lucky enough to have been introduced to this show by our spouses. Like your husband told you to watch the show and my wife told me to watch this show. And um, we're very grateful to them. Luckily, we married up collectively with people <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> who Most know what definitely. we should be watching. <laughs> and um, and it's great to kind of see it come full circle. We're going to talk more about that. This episode really did a fantastic job of getting you right on the brink of crying or already crying, but then pulling you right out with, with laughter. Uh, there are some of the funniest lines I think this show has ever had, if not the funniest. I mean, we'll talk about what we think are like our favorite of those, but this, I appreciated that for as emotional and dramatic sometimes as the moments in this show can be, especially around the storyline, that like this was a funny, tightly written episode, tightly edited, really polished, really pulled together in this perfect way. I thought it was a perfect send off and a perfect finale. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. The music choices were beautiful, which we can get into in a second. Uh, that was beautiful. I will. I will give my one. My one wish. Uh, or two wishes. I had two wishes. Um, and I want to get those out of the way because this is such a love fest and these are not criticisms of the episode. They're just things I wish I would have gotten to see. I wanted to see everyone celebrate at the reception. I would have loved like an extra <laughs> 10 minutes of episode just to have a whole um, whole Ten, act okay, that was at the reception. be honest, we would have happily had this final episode be an hour. Oh, I mean, six yeah. hours. Like I said, like <laughs> totally. But yes. I, I don't want to be too greedy. I would have just loved an act of getting to see that. Um, and I also would have loved a, uh, to see um, a little bit of, I don't need to I don't need to see the world in which Alexis is going to go, but I kind of wish Alexis had also been leaving that day or been packing or something like that. Like it was, it was beautiful to see the moments she had with both um, Moira and David, but uh, I, I do kind of wish we'd seen a little bit more of Button for her too. Uh, but God, I mean, she had some of the best mo my, of my favorites moments in the episodes, though. I'm not saying they underutilized Annie Murphy. The one thing I was really missing from this was Dustin Milligan, actually. Like, not that I feel like it would have been wildly unrealistic to be like, and here's Ted back from the Galapagos just in time to attend the wedding, but not cause any further strife in this very hard made decision that the two of them have, you know, decided and come to to go their separate ways. But there was, if there was like one, an unrealistic piece of wish fulfillment that I was looking for. It was just to see Ted's face probably at the reception, like you were saying. Yeah, but fair. Fair that it didn't happen. Uh, I mean, it, I trust uh, Dan's vision implicitly and think it was all beautiful. I just I want, I just want more. I always want more just so that we can have it and live in this world longer. But that's what made the fact that they did the um, documentary right after so amazing um, because we did get to see uh, uh, Dustin and we did get yes. to see everyone kind of have these moments of celebration and behind the scenes and all of that. And, uh, you know, we were talking right before we started that that actually made me cry and be more emotional than even the episode. Um, because you really get to see how much this show meant to them. Possibly the only people who spent more time <laughs> interviewing this cast and making them talk about their feelings this season than we did would be director Amy Siegel. Um, and boy, did everyone cry on that in that documentary so much crying i like Sorry. how i like how none of them they were all like oh i didn't expect this to happen it's like like how could you not how That's could you the, not i think it's like i think when people say that though they're also saying like i just can't comprehend how emotional this is gonna feel even in these last days um as we're recording this 
obviously leading up to the finale, every conversation that I've had with folks on the Schitt's Creek team is they're just truly overwhelmed. Like they, I think in like stages over and over again, you see some in the dock of like, as the show is actually, as they start shooting the season, as they finish shooting the season in the conversations we've had many of these, like some of these interviews we did on location and on set, some of them we did afterwards after they wrapped. So it's like, I feel like stages of acceptance for people and this last week before the finale on this whole other level it seems to be hitting people and I feel like that's how I felt too like watching it and watching that episode I was like oh my god it's it's really over yeah and I and I feel for them because I mean I feel for the entire world right now but um uh if you're if you are listening to this in real time we are still in the midst of the uh stay at home um shelter in place uh, period of this coronavirus pandemic. And that's uh, affected, I mean, it's affected all of Hollywood, but I can't imagine um, that it didn't affect uh, their plans to celebrate this evening, um, at least on their own, if not with something more public. I know they had to cancel a lot of panels and and appearances they were going to be doing over the last few weeks. Um, and that's really sad because I'm sure they were looking forward to being able to celebrate together all in one place. Uh, as many of us have had to forego celebrating uh, many things. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm glad that at least uh, over the television, we all were able to experience this together. Mm-hmm. And a shout out to all the fans who have helped raise so much money as part of the Schitt's Creek Gives Back campaign um, to give money to hunger organizations in the U.S. and Canada um, by watching folks on Instagram and then just logging on and, and donating money where you can Um, It's been a really wonderful reflection of how this show has impacted everyone to watch that happen. Okay, we got to talk about this episode. I almost feel like we're delaying it. Like, let's just talk about our feels instead of having to talk about what actually happened, right? Uh, I'm all for it, but no, you're right. You're right. Okay. Let's dive in. Let's do character by character, and let's start with David and Patrick. This (laughs) storyline takes some amazing twists and turns, um, and... You know, Patrick steps up to try to help handle, first of all, the major conflict, which is rain. It's very Shit's Creek that the biggest conflict of this finale is the fact that it's raining. The second biggest conflict is the fact that David gets a massage with a very special ending that Patrick has bought for him and possibly miscommunicated a little bit what that was supposed to be. All I did was leave an envelope full of cash and a note that said to take very good care of you. And now that I've said those words out loud, I can see how a certain kind of person would interpret that the wrong way. We sat down and talked with Dan and Noah while we were shooting the cover story. This was um, from January. And we talked with them specifically about this finale um, and quite specifically what happens between them and the masseur. Uh, Title of the finale is called Happy Ending. (laughs) Um, Why? Well, the title has multiple meanings. Um, I think first and foremost, it is what everyone wants for this family. I think it's what everyone wants for the show. Um, It would be really sad and disappointing if we didn't give a happy ending. Um, And then, of course, there is quite literally a happy ending that occurs during a massage (laughs) Um, that adds some levity to a pretty intense uh, episode. And uh, that was something that we had a long conversation about in terms of are we taking it too far? Does it live outside the show? 
and ultimately the conversation ended with, no, it doesn't. This is a couple that has been so open and honest and um, has not put sexuality and their sex lives in this box that they can't touch. It's always been around. <laughs> and it hasn't necessarily defined who they are as people. Yeah. And that was something that I thought was really fun to explore, the fact that this happens to David and that it's not a make or break for their relationship because that's not what their relationship is founded on. It's founded on something much deeper, much more substantial, much more respectful. Um, and ultimately, David just thought that Patrick had wanted him to relax. So he accepted. Um, and, you know, you did give him an envelope of cash and said, you know, treat him well. I hope that if I were in this situation that I would be as generous of spirit uh -huh. <laughs> as Patrick is in this situation. Mm -hmm. I can't say with a lot of confidence that I would be, but I do think it's like, it's one of my favorite things about, about that person and about this relationship is that they're sort of like, willing to see it from the other yeah. person's perspective and to have a sense of humor about it. And, and also that, I, and this was sort of important for me, that the sec their sex life not be something that is always sort of what's defining loyalty in their yeah. lives. And yeah. that the fact that they, you know, entertained going to Jake's and like, he wore a t <laughs> tight t-shirt and David put his body lotion on and they like went out for a night on the town yeah. with r no real expectation beyond like, let's just see what we'll this see is what all happens. about. Yeah. And I think that's such a wonderful thing for this couple, that they're so stable and so steady that these kinds of things like sex, which can be so sort of intense for people and can mm -hmm. be such a sign of sort of, you know, is such a make or break in terms mm -hmm. of what they're, they're putting loyalty onto it, that, that their relationship to it, which is fine for other people, but in their situation, mm -hmm. sex is sex. Presumably it's all going well and whatever happens, happens. And it was clearly a miscommunication. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, on their wedding day. But David agreed to the location. That so we got, we got some negotiation out of it. Yeah, some great problem solving, actually. Um, I, you know, I thought it was such a funny and special way to sort of have, it's very Schitt's Creek. Yeah. To like throw a wrench into a situation like a wedding and have someone get a happy ending on a wedding day. <laughs> like that, to me, feels very, um, very them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alexis is wearing a wedding dress to David's wedding. That was something that I knew from the very beginning. I was, I, even when we started to brainstorm the, the fact that we would probably end this series with the wedding, I was like, Alexis has to wear a wedding dress to her brother's wedding because no one's wearing a wedding dress to the wedding, so why couldn't she wear a white dress? And just the principle of David saying like, it's not your day. <laughs> why are you wearing a white dress? And her just denying the fact that it was a wedding gown. That it almost doesn't even occur to her. No, you know? well there's a huge tulle bow on the end and it did come with a headdress. That she, she calls it a headdress. A headdress. Not a veil. Yeah. Um, I would go with probably the rain. I would say probably that was the, the biggest wrench. Major wrench. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we didn't get a tent. No, but it was a really wonderful way of bringing the community together and, sh and having a last goodbye with the town because we felt like what better way to show the camaraderie and the growth 
of the relationship between the family and the town than have them all sort of pitch in at the last minute yeah, absolutely. And, and make something wonderful out of nothing. It never really happens the way that you think it's going to happen, and the way that it happens ends up being the way that it had to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of lovely that way. It ends up being more meaningful somehow. My favorite part uh, of all of this was uh, seeing uh, Patrick's reaction. I didn't pay for a happy ending, I paid for a massage. He gave you a happy ending? On our wedding day? I thought you wanted that. See, this is what Ray should be filming. Why would I want you to get a happy ending from a stranger on our wedding day, David? The comic timing and the delivery that Noah brings to that, that moment where he asks, you know, but was it good? Okay, but was it good at least? Do not answer that. Was it? Don't. Okay. So perfect and so funny and just like really, really dead on. I thought it was beautifully put in the in the documentary which if you haven't gotten a chance to watch it uh it's it's a good hour of your life but they kind of spoke a little bit about um how somewhat straightforward their relationship is uh and i think you know this is true of a lot of the conflict on this show it's not stemming from uh kind of the usual sitcom tropes it really is kind of just trying to show what life is and can be for people. And uh, I love the moment when this is gonna make for a very strange story one day. Oh yeah, absolutely. And a lot of that comes from just trusting each other and having confidence in their relationship that they're able to do that. But the fact that he even works it into his vows is uh, um, amazing. I feel like it's very David to not quite be ready to let go of that joke yet. Yes. Patrick Brewer, you are my happy ending. The uh, interview we just played is actually not the only time we spoke to Dan and Noah um, about this final episode and the wedding. Uh, we got to speak to both of them separately uh, on set. Um, so here's a little bit of that. For me, a series finale should just be a really fun, great episode of your show. I don't think it should be anything different than that. And so that's really what we went into this writing this last episode with, that that was sort of our philosophy, that we were just going to tell a really fun episode of the show. Um, we also knew that it was going to be a wedding, that the stakes were high. There's so much that needed to be done just aesthetically, like how it all came together. What were they going to wear? Um, what was Moira going to wear? We put together what I think is the crowning achievement, sartorial achievement of the series. Her, you know, papal look to officiate the wedding. Um, but also how it was going to feel. And I wanted the Jazzigals to sing. And what were they going to sing? And... Um, selecting those songs and, you know, which songs were we going to pick? And I think in that moment, I was so aware of the audience, too, because you want to get that's the episode where you want to give your audience everything they've they've sort of hoped for and make them feel included in that process. So it, it came together quite easily. In fact, that was one of the easiest episodes I've ever written. I think I wrote it in a day uh, and. It just all, it all fell into place. I mean, I really think that that's like, you know, people have asked sort of, how do you know you're making something special? And it's like when it doesn't feel difficult because everything should just be there laid out in front of you. And, uh, you know, knowing that Patrick was going to sing and we had to get clearance on what he sang. And uh, fortunately we got it. So that was good. Um, it was just a great day and it was very emotional day for everybody. Uh, 
And, you know, I think Rizwan, who plays Ray, who flew in for the day, is there's a shot of him watching tears streaming down his face. And I remember thinking, like, that's such a for like Ray to be crying is such a brilliant <laughs> choice. Yeah. I wish I could have scripted that because it was like, of course he would. I mean, all of these people care Everyone that much, but it was just Rizwan like feeling emotional in the moment. Um, which I think again is like a great testament to the fact that people care, like the actors enjoy being on the show and we've had a really good time. So I really feel confident in the way that we've chosen to end the show. And I think it really does. Um, it's a nice wink and a nod to the audience. And I think it's, cer it certainly is a, gives a big hug to the show and, and the characters. And it's nice that even though you work through all these choices and like big couple moments of like, are we going to have kids? What does this mean? And also, mm -hmm. what are we going to wear in our engagement photos? There's not like that runaway bride moment. There's never any real jeopardy that this wedding isn't going to happen. Why was that? Or not, you know, mm -hmm. that they weren't going to get married no matter well, how, right? That to or me is, is I think, probably one of the things that I always sort of have found troubling about certain TV tropes, the like, will they, won't they thing, um, because it's easy and it, it does provide sort of like an instant tension. But I mean, people watching this show know how solid this relationship is. So to then play a, the will they, won't they felt like everyone knew what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. So just give them what they want. And it's a little bit harder to continue to, I think we spoke about this before. It's, it's a little hard, harder to tell a successful relationship to tell, continue to tell stories about two people that like, just like each other. But I think it's what I'm, it's one of the storylines I'm most proud of because we were able to just tell a successful relationship without having to like break them up four times and bring in a person who maybe will pose a mm -hmm. threat to one of them or, um, it really, and I think for me, knowing that they were two men, knowing that it was a gay relationship and, uh, and just wanting to show the stability and the security of these two people, just getting each other and having it be nothing but love and, you know, an encouragement. And obviously there's bumps along the road, which we explored in the show, but that the relationship itself would never be put into question that these two people were sort of in it to win it. I think the great thing about these characters and where we leave them is that we don't we don't know as an audience what's going to happen to them, but we know it's going to be fine and they don't know. So and that to me is a great thing because I don't want to know everything about these characters. When I leave a show, I want to sort of think about what's going on and the lives that they're going to lead and, and leave some some things left unsaid so that, you know, um, it doesn't feel final. It feels like, you know, now's the time that you don't, now's the time that we get to go away from experiencing this, but they're going to keep living. Um, it's sort of like the end of Fleabag a bit. I sort of like, I mean, that was one of the most brilliant ends to a season or series, I guess, at this point, when she sort of looks at the camera and like tells it to go away. <laughs> um, because that's all you want from a series finale is just like, this is the time where you guys can can sort of walk away and have everything else exist in, in private or until, you know, I get an idea to go back and retell some stories. Yeah. When did Dan tell you that David and Patrick were going to get married? Probably after we shot the fourth season. Yeah. I think probably before, uh, I think probably after we shot the fourth season, I, I, he, 
you know, you, I, you never want to ask too many, like, I, I, I think a lot of people do. I do. I tend not to like, want to ask too many prying questions about where I've always figure I'll, I'll know when it's time for me to know. But, uh, but I think I did at one point was like, so where, what's, uh, where are we going with this? And yeah, I, I, I think he, uh, he let me know that the end of season five would be a proposal and that end of season six would be the, the wedding. And, uh, you know, it makes sense. You, you, you plan your seasons around these big moments and you have to have them sort of throughout the, throughout the season, drop them in. Cause you also just want some of that day-to-day life stuff. But, uh, but to know where you're going in that way, you know, feels pretty good. What was it actually like to film that, that wedding? I mean, emotional, I'm sure. It was probably the most emotional blocking of a scene that I've ever experienced. I mean, it was in the town hall set, completely uh, covered with flowers and filled to the brim with people and the jazz gals on either side singing these beautiful arrangements that our, our choral arranger Aaron came up with and, you know, meaningful songs from from the rest of the series and, you know, seeing Moira enter like the like a Viking Pope. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> outstanding. And, and Catherine's performance on the day of just like officiating the wedding and trying to get through it um, was incredibly beautiful and hilarious and moving all at the same time. Um, it was a, it was a pretty magical day, really um, very emotional. And <laughs> Dan was just like, Dan's eyes never stopped watering that day. I'm pretty sure uh, it was uh, it was great. I think in you know it was um, yeah. It's a lot of people to manage, but it was there was a lot of love in that room, and I think we all had the feeling that um, this was a significant moment for for television, certainly for Canadian television. I think we were all really uh, really happy to be there and and just sort of feeling the love, you know. Talk to us about the vows, because I think that probably is going to be the moment that gets people the most. <laughs> well, you never know. Um, at one point, Dan told me that the vows would be uh, would be the the lyrics to Mariah Carey's uh, "Always Be My Baby," and yeah, I, I I just thought that was such a brilliant reference to the "You're My Mariah Carey" moment, which was such a thing when Mariah tweeted it out that was pretty wild i don't think dan will ever forgive me for mariah carey tweeting my face instead of his (laughs) but you know i'll carry that with me always uh (laughs) but yeah so we we, you know and he had come to me and said listen i the lyrics are are what's in the script and you know you can figure out if you want to say it or you want to sing it and uh and I was like, okay, well, I'll think about that. And I sort of took it away and tried it both ways. And um, and at the table read, I was like, so what, do you want me to sing it or or speak it? And he was like, do it, do whatever you want, do whatever you want. What did you do at the table read? I sang it. I sang it at the table read. Um, I'm like getting emotional right now. <laughs> I know. I well, it is. It, it's incredibly evocative, and I think like you know something that he's always had an eye on doing is like taking things that he loves in pop culture, the Tina Turner song is a great example of this, taking that and, you know, paying homage to it, but doing it totally differently within the construct of another narrative and uh, decontextualizing it and recontextualizing it and 
you know, I think that's like, it's a bit of a sucker punch really like to, to hear that chorus within the construct of, of this relationship in that moment, um, you know, sung by Patrick, I think is like, you know, it's, it certainly hit me <laughs> on the day. Um, so yeah, that was, a that was a, that was a good one. That was a fun one. So you're on set, you're in the town hall. How does it play out? How much of it do you sing? Do you not sing? Um, Tell us about that. I sang it a bunch. <laughs> and uh, and then at one point, uh, our director, Andrew, came over and was like, maybe, maybe start it speaking and then find your way into singing it. And, and uh, I was like, I don't, I don't know how I would do that. And he was like, well, just, you know, see what it feels like. And if it doesn't feel like you, it's going to happen, then don't do it. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, I just don't know how that would happen. And then we got to the moment and, and, and it just felt right to do. So, <laughs> so I did it. I started speaking it and then I started singing it and, and, uh, you know, Dan wept and that was, uh, that, that was the confirmation that I needed that it was probably okay. <laughs> how many takes were there? Um, Probably, well, you know, we do it from, we, it, it was that kind of day where we're like, okay, well, now we're over with Roland and Jocelyn and now we're on to Ray, who's like filming it. And now we're over with the, with Johnny and Alexis and now we're you on more. Everyone's so reaction You got to do it. I, we were doing it all day. So I don't know how many times I actually did it. I would say that I got the words right, um, maybe three times. <laughs> You only need one. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's amazing in those moments where you're like, you're in the middle of singing it and your brain is just like, what is it? What is it? What is it? <laughs> and the more you think that, the more they go out of your head. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. The best ones are where you're not thinking about it at all. So I think we got a couple of those. What I like about this season is that I think in in on a show that was more jokey, not that this, this show is very funny, but on a show that was more kind of concerned with that punchline and that sitcom-y sort of pacing, I think there would have been a lot of like trifling sort of obstacles in the way of a couple that's planning their wedding. Mm -hmm. And instead, all of the things that you have to sort of work through are significant. Like they're for real. Like, do you want to have kids? Do you want to move? Do you want to have an open relationship? Like all of these things feel very real. Yeah. Was there something in there that you felt particularly was like, this is, this feels like it does justice to the relationship or like which of those kinds of obstacle moments in the way that this show did it felt to you special or that you're still kind of thinking about? Oh, I think the, um, I think the finale, just the um, having to switch things around last minute because there was something you couldn't plan, um, that's just a constant thing in life for for me, I'm sure for a lot of people. Um, you know, we, we make our plans and you have your idea of how you want it to go and um, especially in the big moments in life. And then, you know, when, when things sort of switch on you, it can be really hard to adjust. Um, you know, I, I actually went to a wedding recently where they, it was supposed to be on the Toronto Island and two weeks before they were like, the Island is going to be flooded. So what do we do? And it was just full on scramble mode and, you know, and it ends up being beautiful. Whatever you do on that day, you, you know, you know, it's going to represent you, but, uh, but it's hard to overcome all of those sort of meticulous planning things because you've put so much time into it. And, um, so I, I love the the way that 
uh, you know, the, the finale happens and, you know, we still have to shoot a bunch of it, but, um, the fact that we didn't get a tent (laughs) as somebody who's planning a wedding right now, I'm like, why don't you log that in your brain? (laughs) No to self. My wedding was outdoors and it threatened to rain in the days leading up to it. And we didn't have a tent either and thank god it just didn't rain so that's how we <laughs> yeah. solved the problem ours we right. managed to hold off like the monsoon until like three days after we left which was great because we had gotten married in our backyard and kind of trashed the place but it the storm was so crazy that it looked like it was the storm there you go. and so it was oh, like boy. oh sorry I mean, we, we were renting so it wasn't even like Problem solved. Problem solved. That's very clever. Yeah. So that's my, <laughs> that's our advice. <laughs> Great. Go. That's, that's what I'll do then. We'll be right back with Maury W. on set. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. I love how in every shot of the wedding, in the background behind whoever is in focus on camera, you can see someone crying their face off. Like in almost every shot where you can see Patrick when they're at the actual altar, the actor who plays Patrick's father is like, losing his mind he is like crying so hard that his eyes are just closed for a good portion of that and his face is like trembling it it was i mean same i love that they called back um to precious love um which you know we spoke to dan in uh the binge podcast uh about choosing that song and uh then to kind of bring it all full circle with the song that of course uh noah sang um and made us all fall in love with him uh, in season three. It's just, it's, it's, it was beautiful moments to have. Uh, and, and that got to me and thank God that Moira comes walking in uh, wearing that papal outfit. The Viking Pope. Yes. Let's talk about Johnny and Moira. Like, I love the half a second where Johnny attempts to say that he should officiate this wedding, that he can't even get through the sentence without crying. David, I, I, I could, easily step in here. I have a lot to say about my son. Oh, getting my son. Then you have quite possibly the world's most amazing wedding officiant. What was great is that we didn't so much get Moira as an officiant. We got David's mom. Yeah. It was really great uh, to kind of see her let her guard down and be emotional. And she gets her Johnny, I love Schitt's Creek, the town speech a little bit there where she finally acknowledges uh what the town is meant for her and her family and all we can wish for our families for those we love is that that wind will eventually place us on solid ground and i believe it's done just that for my family here in this little town in the middle of nowhere. We see her kind of push that away in the beautiful moment that uh, Alexis and her have um, in the motel earlier in the episode. I love you very much. 
but during the officiating she really does she really does acknowledge what this town has meant to her and her family and then of course the um present that Roland was supposed to bring that he hasn't showed up to do at the very end as they're saying goodbye turns out to be the most inappropriate and yet perfectly appropriate modification to the town sign. I love that they put uh, Johnny in the dress and Moira's the one in the suit and the hat, which is a very Moira outfit. And, you know, and then you have Alexis and David clinging to each other in the background, but everything about that is great. We spoke to both Catherine and Eugene a little bit when we were on set about these final moments for their characters. Daniel told me on the phone before we started shooting that I would end up officiating the wedding. I said, oh, great, great. We talked about a mitre. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, later on, you know, it was really just great fun with wardrobe. <laughs> uh, but also, you know, Moira's been the most uh, determined to get out of here. I think Moira came from a small town and got out once. So it's way more threatening to her than anyone else. Um, and you can see she's kept the facade of that past life that will become again her future life with her wardrobe and her wigs and the way she behaves and speaks. And she's held it together because someone has to. And then we get to the wedding and she just, it was fun. I got to fall apart at the sight of my dear son, my dear baby getting married. As all the viewers fall apart as well. Yeah. And I had to cry over and over and over and over that day. And it was so easy knowing that it was our last season. And I looked around at all the people of the town. Mm. Yeah. It was very sweet. The final moment, you guys driving out and everyone's standing there and watching and and the the billboard is... It, I'm getting emotional just like thinking about <laughs> it right now. The uh, famous Schitt's Creek billboard now has Johnny and Moira. Yeah. What was your reaction? Uh, there was a lot of discussion too about whether we'd see it or not. At first they were going to have both of us see it. And then there was, you know, physically craning my head way over and out the same window as Johnny. There was that. And I also like the idea that at least one of us would have, you know, that Roland would have the last laugh on at least one of us. So I'm in the car. I don't even get to see it. Moira doesn't see it. Johnny looks out and he's like, oh, you know, he doesn't say this, but good for you, Roland. No, you got us. <laughs> you know, it's so great. And it was so, you know, they had it draped all day because regular traffic's going by, you know, so we're hiding it. And then just with a quick shot, they unveil it. And all of us are just in front of it, taking picture after picture after picture, posing. It's so great. It's so well done. I like because my face looked pretty in it. Too. <laughs> they did a good job. <laughs> An accurate rendition. Yeah, it was so sweet. When we shot the wedding sequence, it was really hard to even get to the dialogue part of it. You know, people were just in tears. We had the jazz gals singing, you know, or the two songs that really resonated the most with the series. Um, did you cry? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I cried all day. All day. I think it was only the very last shot where we're leaving Moira and I are walking back down the aisle and I just ran dry at that point. I mean, I actually had nothing left in the tank and that was the only time I asked makeup, you got to drop something in my eye because I, I don't have a tear left. But all day it was just, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, Dan is a champion crier, as I feel like we got to witness yesterday in that scene with Emily. Did you, are, do you consider yourself a good crier on screen? Like, have you, do you have a method? Have you two talked about this at all? Uh, no, 
No, we don't. We don't talk about it at all. We don't yeah. really. Now we don't talk. Kind of no, no performance. He knows what he's doing in, in yeah. front of a camera. He knows <laughs> what he's doing behind the camera. He knows what he's doing. Um, no, and he. I watched uh, that scene yesterday, which was, um, you know, all all these scenes have a, such a very strong emotional underpinning to Dan that it's that you know once you, g- you get over because he writes a lot of the stuff, so he knows what it means to him when the lines were being written and you've got to get over that emotional plateau before you know you've kind of got to get it out um so the first couple of takes are you know really kind of quite emotional and then you kind of get a stronger grip and you know between every take cutting between take to take to take you're going to get a a very very rich performance in a very rich scene um he does that very well. I don't uh, think I've had a scene written where I'm crying. The wedding scene, yes, I was naturally crying. It didn't take much for that. And I think I had maybe the last uh, the last show in uh, second season where I kind of defend the town for the first time at at a at a dinner. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a very strong emotional scene, I think, for Johnny. But it wasn't. You know, it wasn't a crying scene. It mm-hmm. was just, uh, it actually felt something, had a lump in my throat when I was doing that. I do love that Roland gets the last laugh with the billboard. Or is it a laugh? I mean, like, I, I just love that it's like honoring you guys, but it's also hilarious. Well, it's set up as kind of a laugh as he gets the, you know, that Moira and Johnny will remember the town. He made sure of that. But yeah, it's true. It's not, it, it is funny, but it's also, it has such an endearing quality to it as the kind of the final image on the series the moment in the documentary where you see eugene crying broke me it made annie murphy break down too we learn in the in the documentary and uh, her characters in her feels this episode i mean like i said i think it was a beautiful moment that she has when she comes in and and hugs her mom and now i just realized that this is like the last time that we're all gonna be here nope like this stop like soon i won't be able to just like come in here and say hey no i think you'll be surprised at how quickly you'll appreciate the luxury of privacy watching this i was thinking about these moments in annie murphy's delivery where it was like oh alexis is like a grown woman she is like ready for the world like there is like a genuine growth and just development and like here is this this woman who loves people and like more than anything wants to tell everyone she loves them. And like Alexis spends this entire episode saying I love you to people in a way that is like unfathomable, even like really like a season ago, like at the end of season five, she was trying to explain what missing someone feels like. And that to me was just so beautiful and, and really helped kind of, I think, prove the point that this woman is ready to sort of go into the world on her own. Here we are talking with Annie about the wedding. The wedding was, we all knew that it was going to be this big, beautiful scene. But when we got there and we all saw the town hall all beautifully decorated and, um, you know, flower garlands and fairy lights and the set itself was so exquisite. And then when we did the rehearsal, it actually felt like a wedding rehearsal. And I kind of had a moment where I was like, oh man, this is a this is a really special moment of television. Like I think this is gonna really, really resonate for a lot of people because 
It features everyone we've grown to love so much. Everyone's a part of it. And seeing Sarah's sweet, smiling face, singing her heart out, and Catherine in her, dare I say, <laughs> her most insane costume yet. Bold statement. Oh, I, but I stand by it. And just, you know, all those familiar faces participating in this really, really beautiful moment. I think it's going to be a really, it's going to be a moment that a lot of people are going to appreciate and probably snot cry about because I did on the day for sure. Eugene told us he ran out of tears. Yeah. And watching, actually seeing Eugene, we just had him um, before the actual rehearsal, the Jazz Gals just rehearsed a few times, but we were all sitting in the chairs in the town hall, just listening to them perform. And I looked back and just saw, and the light was hitting Eugene in a way that it was just highlighting the rivers of tears running down his face. And then of course, you can't see Eugene Levy cry without starting to cry yourself. So it was kind of a, it was a bit of a domino effect. <laughs> the more of the season we saw, the more questions we had. And Annie was just really generous in sitting down with me a couple of different times. Once when we were in Toronto for the film festival there. And then again, when we were in Los Angeles, uh, this is a little loud. We were uh, in a green room before an event. There's a bunch of noise <laughs> behind it. But we, we had to go back and ask her specifically about the dress. In what plausible world <laughs> is this not a wedding dress? My favorite, of course, part of this is the tulle bow. Yes. That was part of presumably the headdress. Yes. Yes, the, the again, like the, the non-wedding dress that like, came with just a headdress and certainly not a veil. Oh, but like this is begin. not like she's not trying to sabotage anything. You know, I mean, no. there's truly not like it's not her being. It's a beautiful me. gown. It's a beautiful gown. It's a black and white themed wedding. White being an option in the black and white theme, so she finds a beautiful gown that makes her look like a million bucks. It's a banging dress. It's eye catching. And so, of course, she's going to wear that to the wedding. And uh, it was very fun, actually, finding the dress because Dan, how do I put this? Dan treated the wedding much like I believe he would treat his actual wedding. And so we did not have one dress or two dresses, or three dresses, or four dresses, or one fitting, or two fittings, or three fittings. We had multiple fittings and multiple dresses and multiple moments of like it not being perfect. Did you get a say? Yeah. No, I did not. No, I did not. Um, no, I had a bit of a say. I had a bit of a say. And uh, we landed on the right dress. We found the dress. Guys, we said yes to the dress. Dan said yes to the dress. I think it was, I think we landed on the perfect one. I think the, as you said, the big giant tool bow at the back, which was added on by an incredible uh, seamstress, was perfect and just threw everything over the top in the best way. And I just loved seeing Alexis and David walking down the aisle. And as Roland says, they look like husband and wife. And it's kind of appropriate to For see Shins them. For Creek. I feel like <laughs> given the, like, the original billboard and all of that, it was like, yeah. here's the perfect little button on this. And the, yeah, the whole don't worry, it's his sister, precisely. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was fitting. It was fitting. I love how emotional and openly emotional everyone is. We actually also spoke to Sarah Levy uh, about the table read uh, in which everyone was crying and then the taping in which everyone was crying. 
The table read happened about a month and a half before we shot the final episode because we shot the final episode on location, um, the last half of it. So everybody got, because we got our big cries out that the episode before, the last episode is almost more of a celebration. You know, it's it, it allows the emotion to be just before the last episode so we can really go out on this fun bang uh, of, of a celebration of, of love and friendship and family and all of that. And so I think we were we were so emotionally drained from from the episode before that by the time the last episode table read came around we were just ready to like dive in and have fun and of course there were were tears of course it was emotional but the content of the last episode is is so positive that it's hard not to just smile and laugh Um, but the last day was different because it was like the last day of high school of a great high school experience. And I was emotional just driving to set. Like I hadn't even gotten there yet. And it was just that you're thinking like, this is the last glass of water I'm gonna get from, this is the last Chex Mix I'm ever gonna get from this basket in this trip. Like everything was the last of the last. And my dad had put together these really wonderful gifts for us. He had had one of our, um, our, um, hair, lovely key hair women, um, take photos cause she's an amazing photographer as well. So she took photos of us unbeknownst to us but he knew what she was taking them for and it was it was photos of us and dad individually and so i came in and i had this like 8 by 10 photo of the two of us outside his trailer and he had written this little note for me and uh that it was just like that was I hadn't even gotten into makeup yet. So I was like, okay, well now we're in for a very long day. They timed that really well before you went to makeup. Yeah, so right? Honestly. So it's just that's exactly it. <laughs> just like wipe it all away before we actually put the makeup on. But um everyone was trying to stay really positive, but there was a moment where <sighs> Oh, if oh my it, god. If it helps you, like you you are not the first person we have talked to who cried. Oh when my we gosh, to them. I'm sorry. This Emily, is like a... Emily cried like did four she, times. Did she? Okay. She made, Emily made me cry. Oh my god. Like, I started crying. Like there has been I, a lot of crying across the board. So <laughs> okay, you good. Are, you are not the first. Okay, good. Um, probably won't be the last. Uh, it's it God, it was so long ago now. And but it was such a sweet moment because it, we were in the makeup trailer and and Annie was really trying to hold it together. I mean, she was like a brick to the point where we we're like, "Are you okay? Like, <laughs> this is our you this is our last Does week, right? Like, why are care? you crying? <laughs> what is going on?" We were all having our moments, and the last day, she finally had some. You know, we had some big cries in our in our trailer, and we were in the makeup trailer. And my dad and Annie have such a special relationship and he just adores her and she loves him and she was getting her um, makeup done and I just happened to look over and my dad was 
kind of poking around just in the trailer as he did, just hanging around because he just liked to hang around people. And he kind of looked at her in the mirror and he, he leaned over and gave her like just a little kiss on her, the top of her head. And she just like, she totally broke down and he didn't see it. And he walked out and then I saw him kind of start crying, you know, like, you know, really it's hard to articulate without seeing me. But um, as he left and it was just this moment that only I caught and they had no idea that they were, they both had those emotions and it was just, it just encapsulated how everyone was sort of feeling that day. And, and we were just trying to keep it together, but everyone was having these really tender moments with each other. And it was like really like saying goodbye to, to a second family. So it was, it was, it was an emotional day. Um, and it was long and, and it was stressful because we were under the wire. We didn't have any days left. <laughs> um, so we were I'm under. Crying, but keep it Yes, yes. Away. And Daniel was directing that Bible day. Walking. That's all, honestly, he was like, okay, let's just, let's keep it together. We need to move on. We have about two minutes to make this next setup. Um, but we were fighting against the sun because we had to get this scene in before, before the sun went down because it didn't take place at night. Um, and, and Daniel, who can st get stressed fairly easily, I was so impressed with him just like keeping his stress level to just the bare minimum just to get everybody through that very last scene. And, and then that way, like, it was just like, that's a wrap. And everybody kind of looked at each other thinking like, that's a series wrap this is crazy and we all just stayed there for two two hours and we drank champagne outside the motel and talked and hugged and took photos and lingered 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 and I think my dad and I got home at like 1 30 it was a really wonderful end to the to the whole thing well, thanks for the cry fest. <laughs> oh, I'm Thank sorry. You. No, don't. No. <laughs> Patrick and I cried when we were on set. We watched we watched Dan cry on command like 19 times oh in a row. Oh my gosh. He's such a champion crier. And the first time he did it, Patrick and I were standing at the monitors and we both literally were like, yeah. like we were like, cool, we're super professional. Like we got this down, oh, like let's keep going. And he is, I mean, he's similar, like he's not afraid to show his emotion, but he really does try and keep it together. So when he... When he cries, it's like this knee-jerk reaction. When I see somebody in my family cry, I immediately start crying, but I'm not quite sure why. Um, and he, I think, especially for him, that access to that emotion was right there because it was just everything all at once, ending, and and he was he was the leader in like just keeping the train moving up until then. So he had it all just right right below the surface. 
I have to just really thank Sarah Levy for being such a big part of this podcast. She does fantastic work as Twyla on the show, but I think because she's not one of the roses, that she kind of was someone that was on set a lot to kind of observe these kind of moments. And, uh, you know, I just have to express, of course, my appreciation to all of the actors that chose to be a part of this, but um, I think it was really, really great to have her insight. That's the episode. We've gone through the storylines. We've gone through the characters. No, there has to be more. There has to be. We have more to talk about. Let's start with the Rose family celebrity name drop of the week. I have to go with David um, being upset that he's being interrogated. Okay, but to be clear, you didn't stop it from happening. Okay, Marsha Clark, court's adjourned for the day. I love that one. I just love it. I love me a good O.J. Simpson trial reference. Always. <laughs> All right, what was yours? I mean, it's classic, but Pat Sajak's first wedding. Oh, I remember that. Can I buy a vow? (laughs) I had the studio audience wrapped around my finger. I mean, and then the callback to it like a few minutes later. Are we all ready to spin the wheel of life today? Even Vanna White didn't laugh at that one. It's right off the bat and it's so classic, but I mean, they managed to fit it in for several jokes and it is just so, so perfect. Alexis didn't really get a name drop in here um, because she's a changed grown woman. Obviously, let's say that and not just that there wasn't a Backstreet Boy available to um, (laughs) fit into the narrative. Um, Okay, so now we're going to do our favorite line of Moira Rose dialogue. Shayna, what do you got? The vows. It's got to be the vows, right? We are gathered here today to celebrate the love between two people whose lives were ostensibly brought together by the fate flap of a butterfly wing. The actual perfect vows that she uses to set up are very funny. Our lives are like little baby crows carried upon a curious wind. The baby crows. She's too much. She is exactly the right amount. She's not quite enough. All at the same time, uh, Perfect Moira Rose. For my favorite Moira Rose line, I have to go with uh, when Alexis comes uh, into the room and uh, she's upset and Moira just goes, Is it David? Did he say something to upset you? He can be very cruel, but it's all fear-based, dear, so please don't take it personally. My second place was, There's a time and place for sentimentality and your only son's wedding day is hardly the moment. (laughs) Shayna. What's the moment that made you laugh and the moment that made you cry the hardest? Oh my God. I know. I don't feel prepared to pick this answer. Um, okay, the moment that made me laugh the hardest, hands down, and I think is a contender for the funniest line of the series, is... Like, I think I'm wearing a wedding dress. Oh, I know that. I really wanted to impress you today, and now I feel like I'm ruining your wedding. I think you're giving yourself a lot of credit. My wedding was already ruined. That's the one. I watched the episode twice in a row. Um, and both times I was like, wow, hats off. What a what a line. The pause that he gives is just perfect because it almost creates it as two jokes. Um, yes. It's, it's fantastic. Um, my actual one for funniest, but we've already talked about it, is Patrick reacting and, and wanting to know how the happy ending was and not wanting to know... Um, and uh, also loved the moment that Ronnie just, like, hates Patrick. Yes, Ronnie, that's great. Thank you so much. I'm doing this for David. 
Of course you are. I think that's the best callback of the episode, hands down, because I almost for a second was like, what is she talking about? And then I remembered that baseball game and I remembered the construction and like the feud. I love that moment. But my funny is actually this little small throwaway moment that I wonder if it happened on set the day of and they just kept it or if it was an actual ADR moment. Um, but it's from the very it's from the opening um, and uh, David is freaking out and uh, he he just screams, where are you going? And you can hear very faintly Moira go. It's so good. It's so funny. They're all oh. so funny. All of it. It's it's very funny. I feel like we're both just like we're putting it stalling. off. Okay. I think we got to do it. Got to pull off the bandaid. What's your most touching moment, Shane? Okay, I have two. My runner up is in the scene where Alexis comes to talk to Moira while Moira is working on the vows. A part of me feels like I'm almost glad that we lost the money. <laughs> well, I'm happy you and your feelings are so well acquainted, but you wouldn't be the first hostage to fall in love with their captor. It's so funny. It was painful and heartbreaking, but like beautiful. And what I loved is that Alexis doesn't pick a fight about it. Like among the many I love you's that Alexis is doling out over this episode is just this level of acceptance for where other people are at. And then, boy, it's still like a two-way tie between David's vows and Patrick's preamble to his song. Um, I'm going to go with Patrick's, the beginning of it, when he says... I'm going to keep this very short because I, I think you already know that I would climb a thousand mountains for you. I mean, we got to hear like Dan tell us about his ugly cry noise and, and he talks in the documentary, he stops himself because you can hear it on the mic and he calls out the fact that he sounds like a warthog as he's like making this noise. Whatever is my version of that noise is the noise I was making, holding my wife's hand, watching it as they said those vows. Um, okay, so I have to go with my most uh, touching moment, which it, it is an Alexis moment as well. Again, a little something that I wonder if it was scripted or if it was a throwaway, uh, not a throwaway, but just kind of an improv moment. Um, and it's when they're hugging goodbye and the parents are getting in the car. You hear Alexis, and I'm sure this was actually a little bit of Annie Murphy, not Alexis, just going, I love you. I love you too. It felt so authentic and just such a, a beautiful, heart-wrenching moment. It made me both happy and sad all at once. And I was just like a puddle. You get to kind of sneak it in under the spectacle of this wedding and this, you know, people leaving. But it was like, this is what this show has been building to. It's like becoming, oh my God, I'm totally going to start crying while I'm trying to talk about this. Like becoming a show about people who can say that they love each other and do love each other and like make their choices about their life based on that love. Uh, well, I just speaking about loving each other, I have to express uh, that this has been such a joy and and uh, it has been a joy getting to record these and getting to talk to the team, um, but also getting to spend so much time with you, Shana, and thank you to you, Carly, uh, for um, just being a place where I can come and talk about this show for just a little bit of time each week. Uh, now I'm going to get emotional, uh, but also thank you to everyone that's been listening um, thank week you after week. Thank you so much. And, and reaching out, yes. But really, um, it really has, this is such a community and I love that the documentary did such a great job of, of really conveying how much of a community the fan base of the show has become. Uh, thank you for making us feel embraced. Thank you for embracing each other. Thank you for trying to make this world uh, a little bit more like Schitt's Creek. Uh, I hope that we have um, 
just helped you all do that even more. Uh, and it will be, uh, it will be very sad when next week I realize that we are not going to be, um, connecting in this way. Uh, but I hope, uh, that just means that we can start our rewatches and (laughs) talk about those all over social media. Rewatch, re-listen to binge. Um, you know, I think the the last time I saw Dan, he actually was like, I'll have to come back in and we can talk about season six and the biggest controversies. So we're going to hold you to which that. We, yeah. To which we both were like emphatically. Yes. Yeah. Can't believe you want to spend more time with us after <laughs> all of this, but sure. Sure. Um, I will say as a cruel joke, um, we do have notes that Carly very diligently puts together, but I will say it was a, a little bit of a cruel joke that it kind of Carly. has the formulaic ending that says, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Um, because we will not. <laughs> We will not be next week. Carly's Car- making Carly's over making Zoom. Such Carly's a making. <laughs> um, but uh, just uh, we wish we will not be back next week with more exclusive onset interviews and content. But you can totally go to ew.com um, and continue to see all the fantastic work uh, from uh, that that Shana put together um, with the cover story and videos. But it has been again, as we said, such a pleasure. Um, but you certainly can continue to rate and review and leave comments um, for years and years to come <laughs> uh, if you if you want. So please do that. Please continue to reach out to us on social and let us know your thoughts, not just about the finale, but the entire series. Um, if there's other series uh, or shows that you'd love to see EW do a similar treatment to, um, I doubt any of them will give us as much access as these wonderful Shits Creek people did. But certainly, uh, Shana will try her best. We set a high bar for them. So, but uh, one we will happily go pursue if there are other shows um, that you would like to hear about in this way on a weekly basis. Please definitely let us know. And now I feel like we're just rambling because we're too sad and don't want this to end. Uh, but you can find me at, at Patrick Gomez LA. Shana, where can they find you? At Shana Naomi. Uh, this has been amazing, you guys. Um, and Shana, I think we have to do this at the same time together. Uh, what has this been? This has been EW, EW on, on set. set. Hey, friends. This episode was so long that we saved a bunch of extra stuff that we recorded with this cast for a bonus episode. It'll come out before the end of the week. Be sure that you're subscribed so that you get to hear it first. And thank you again. And now for a few of our own best wishes and warmest regards. EW On Set was executive produced by me, Shana Naomi Crockmall, with Patrick Gomez and Carly Houston. Edited by Carly Houston. Sound recording on location by Darren Snowden and Carly Houston. Sound mixing by Lauren Klein. From the EW team, thank you to Nick Romano, Sarah Rodman, Kristen Harding, and Chanel Johnson. For Meredith Publishing, thank you to Alicia Cervini, Kelly Murphy, and Jess Rowland for their support. From Schitt's Creek, thank you to all the cast who joined us, as well as Megan Ziemer, Gabrielle Free, and Hilary Povar. Plus, of course, Dan Levy. And thank you from Patrick and me to the people who made sure we watched this show in the first place, Matt and Jessica. Jessica.